0: Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our discipleship pastor, Adam Scott.
1: Amen, amen. Hey, make some noise if you're ready to see a victory in the name of Jesus today. That is good stuff, good stuff. Let me tell you something, we are going to be fighting together to see a victory over the next few weeks. Let me tell you specifically what we're going to be fighting for. Today we're launching a brand new series, and we're calling this series Level Up. Level up, and we've connected this idea, you'll see it in a minute, of of level up to video games. Okay, and I absolutely love that. KK came up with that, and man, it's a wonderful thing, because I grew up playing video games. Anybody else grew up playing video games? Anybody really into video games? Some of you are like, I'm playing video games on my phone right now, okay? (laughs) See, I grew up playing games like, like Mario and Zelda and Sonic. That was my generation. And, and then it got to be, um, when I was a little bit older, I would play games like Call of Duty and Halo. Eventually it became Candy Crush and Angry Birds and, and things like that. But the idea of leveling up is pretty consistent across every single game that you could possibly play. You see, the idea of leveling up, it simply means this. It means getting stronger. It means getting faster. It means getting better, it means equipping ourselves with new resources or better skills. And and listen, that's what we're hoping to accomplish throughout this series. You see, with Jesus Christ, under His power and guidance, we are gonna become better versions of ourselves, specifically in the areas that matter most. You see, some of you may be sitting there right now and you're thinking, man, I really wanna level up in my business. I'm ready for a raise, I'm ready for a promotion, Some of you are saying, I I wanna level up in my parenting. Maybe you wanna be more intentional in your parenting. Maybe you wanna be more present. Maybe you just want to see more respect shown by your children to you and to others. Maybe you wanna level up in your education. Maybe you wanna make better grades. Maybe you wanna master the content. Maybe you wanna graduate and move on to whatever is waiting for you on the other side. Maybe you want to level up in your spiritual life and you say, listen, I need more Bible knowledge. I need to increase my spiritual disciplines. I want, I want more intimacy with God. Maybe you want to level up in your relationships. Maybe you say, I want more friends. I want better friends. Maybe I want this one relationship to take on a new level so that maybe we could see a ring in the future or something of that nature. Maybe you just simply say, listen, I want to be less socially awkward. That's how I want to level up in my life. Listen, the principles we're gonna talk about throughout this series, and they're gonna impact every single one of those areas and more. Look at somebody next to you say, I'm gonna level up this month. Man, you guys were up watching football way too late last night. Look at the other person next to you and say it like you mean it. Say, I'm going to level up this month. All right, that was somewhat convincible. All right, our chapter in Core 52 this week is chapter 11, and uh, and it's all about shepherding. Anybody have a lot of experience with shepherding? Okay, that's kind of what I figured. Not very many of you. I heard a story the other day, and it was about a shepherd. His particular shepherd was out with his sheep and all of a sudden this cloud of dust comes flying forward. It's, it's a guy in a, in a sports car and he comes pulling up next to the shepherd and he says, hey, I, I want to play a game. See, he likes to win. He likes a challenge. He says, if, if I can tell you exactly how many sheep are in your flock, uh, will you give me one of them? The shepherd says, yeah, there's no way you're going to do that, so go ahead and try. So the man pulls out his iPad, and he starts clicking around and doing stuff. He pulls up a satellite image that looks kind of like this, and with a couple buttons, he, he turned on this, this body heat indicator where he could see all of the sheep. He pulls out his phone, he calls his assistant, and within a matter of minutes, he got a 30-page report that ended by saying that there were 846 sheep in that flock. He presented that to the shepherd and the shepherd was impressed. He said, that's absolutely right. I have no idea how you did that, but you can pick one of my sheep and take it for yourself. So he does that, he picks up one of the animals, he puts it in the car with him, begins to strap it down. And the shepherd has an idea how he can get his sheep back. He says, this, li- this man likes to gamble, he likes a game. So he says, if I can tell you exactly what your profession is, will you give me my animal back? And he says, sure, absolutely, you'll never guess. He says, you're a consultant. Guy says, how would you ever know that? How could you possibly guess? And he says, it's not a guess. You drove onto my field uninvited. You asked me to pay for information that I already knew. You answered questions that I haven't asked and you know absolutely nothing about my business. So give me my dog back. (laughs) I like that, okay? It describes us, right? We, we know very little about shepherding. We do well just to tell the difference between a shepherd and a dog. But listen, when the Bible was written, that wasn't the case. You see, when the Bible was written, everybody knew everything about shepherding. You see, every single person could pretty much look out at the landscape and they could find at least one group of sheep that were wandering around. See, they understood that the clothes on their back, the food on their table, And even their their family um, honor was linked to the way that they cared for sheep. And that's exactly why the Bible uses the metaphor of sheep and shepherd over 500 times. You see, this is a powerful concept. In the Old Testament, God is compared to a shepherd that takes care of his people. He also challenges kings and prophets to do the same thing, to care for those that have been put under their care, under their responsibility. In the New Testament, Jesus is described as the chief shepherd who sets out to to set an example for the church, for us, and how we care for one another. Well, today what I want us to do is I wanna dig deep in this idea of shepherding by looking at one particular shepherd and learning how his example and his experience can springboard us and cause us to level up in our own lives. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and open up to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, you already heard from Laura that today we're talking about David and Goliath, but you may not know how the story begins. You're probably familiar with the fact that Goliath is a giant, David defeated him, but the story actually begins with two armies. You've got the Israelite army on one side and you've got the Philistine army on the other. And the Philistine army has this secret weapon. So they have a, a giant, he's nearly 10 feet tall and he's, he's experienced in battle. And so what they do is they challenge the Israelites to send out one individual who's gonna represent their army. This giant Goliath is gonna represent the Philistine army. Whoever wins is going to take home the victory. It's as simple as that. But the Israelites don't have a secret weapon. You see, they don't have a giant. They don't have anybody that's even willing to accept the challenge to go do battle with Goliath until David. You see, David is just a teenage shepherd boy, and he shows up to, to give food to his brothers, but he hears Goliath calling out to the army and, and threatening to do lots of things, challenging God Himself through this battle. And so he volunteers. He says, I'll go, I'll do it, I'll handle business. Well, King Saul, he had asked for a volunteer, but he wasn't really impressed with what he got in David. How many of you have ever ordered something that um, showed up and it wasn't quite as good as you expected it to be? Anybody? Okay. Let me show you a couple examples. This guy right here, he ordered a two-person tent. Okay. It's not what he thought he was going to get. This next guy, he thought he ordered a color-changing mug. (laughs) They just put the picture on the mug. It didn't change at all. And this next guy thought he got a really good price on a full-size chair. Okay, that's depressing right there. But that's exactly how the king reacts to David's offer. He says, that's, that's not what I ordered. He says, I, I ordered somebody that could defeat a giant. I expected somebody that was older. I expected somebody that was stronger. I expected somebody with more experience. I expected somebody that could do what nobody else could do and this is what I got. This is what he says to David in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 33. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. You see, Saul looks at David, he says, listen, you don't have the skills, you don't have the experience, you don't have the strength, you can't do what you're setting out to do. Can anybody relate to David in that moment? See, maybe you've had somebody sit across from you and say, you can't, you're not good enough, you'll never succeed. Maybe it's not that, maybe it's not that somebody told you that, maybe it's that you feel that way yourself. You feel like in your heart, man, I can't do this. I'm not strong enough, I'm not capable enough. There's no way I'm gifted enough to do what God wants me to do. Either way, we can all relate to that feeling that David is having. But this is how David replies, verses 34 through 36. It says, David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God." Let's not know who David was trying to convince, King Saul or himself, But he says this, he says, I have been preparing for this moment all of my life. He says, as a shepherd, I embraced the responsibility. And when a bear came to take one of my sheep, I fought it off and did what needed to be done. When a lion came to take care of business, I took care of business instead. I fixed it and I took care of the things I was responsible for. See what David says is I was responsible as a shepherd. And my faithfulness in that has prepared me for this battle that's coming next. Here's our sermon in a sentence. This is what we're gonna build on for the rest of our time together. We prepare ourselves for tomorrow by what we do today. We prepare ourselves for tomorrow by what we do today. David was ready to fight the giant, but he was only ready to fight the giant because he was faithful with the lion and the bear. In the same way, Every step we take, every decision we make, it either propels us toward or repels us from our goals and all the things that God has in store for us. Listen, I wanna build from that a little bit more from David's story. This is the first way David described his past choices, setting the stage for his future battle. Verse 37, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine You see, what he does is he goes on to tell Goliath and the entire Philistine army, he says, this battle belongs to the Lord. We just sang that a minute ago. This battle belongs to the Lord. He says, you brought a sword and you brought a spear, but they are no match for what God is gonna choose to do through me. Man, how does a a teenage shepherd boy get the nerve to talk trash to a giant in this situation? It's simple, it's because the Lord who rescued him from the lion and the bear is gonna be by his side in this battle too. You see, the one who rescued him before would rescue him again. His past experiences informed his future faith. I want you to write this down. Tomorrow's faith is determined by today's battle. Tomorrow's faith is determined by today's battle. In other words, what that means is this, I can trust God today because of what I saw him do yesterday. And I'll be able to trust God tomorrow because of what I see him do today. Let me come up with a story to illustrate this. Just off the top of my head, let's say there's a a football team. This football team is unstoppable. Maybe they've won, I don't know, let's say 19 games in a row. (laughs) You listening to me, Chris? Okay, maybe they won 19 games in a row and they they couldn't be beat. Everybody that faced them, they cowered in fear because they knew that they were always gonna be on top and there was nothing they could do to bring down that giant. But all of a sudden, in one weekend, they face a team that has two losses. It's an unranked team, not anybody particularly great. And they cave under the pressure and they go down in that moment. See, all of a sudden, that one game, that one battle speaks into every future battle because every team that plays them now knows that they are beatable and it changes the way they approach things. Let me tell you something, the same thing is true in our spiritual lives. When we see God show up in this battle, man, it informs the way we approach it next time because we know God is here, we know he is strong, we know he is faithful, we know he is able, and we can have faith in him because he is good and he is strong. Listen, it's not based on our giftedness. It's not based on our strength. It's based on who we know God to be. One of the best examples of this is in some of the older people right here at our church. You may not know this, but sometimes we face challenges in the church. And those challenges, they cripple people like me. You see, we get nervous and we start to think, this is it, it's over. We can't do this anymore. We'll never overcome this battle. But then there's people like Joe McKenzie sitting over here, one of our long-term elders that can look at you with all the calmness in the world and simply say, I've seen God work in this before and we'll see him work in this again. Man, that's powerful stuff. Listen, I've got one question. Is, is what you're doing today setting you up for that kind of calm dependence on God tomorrow? Our future faith is determined by what we experience God do today. That's not the only thing determined by David's past. King Saul, he tries to prepare David for battle, but David resists his attempts. This is what it says in verses 39 through 40. Said David fastened on his sword over the tunic and he tried walking around because he was not used to them. He said, I cannot go in these because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. See, what David did instead is in the next couple verses, he says this, he took off the staff, or he took the staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. See, don't miss the power of this. See, David used what was familiar to him. See, he didn't have any experience with a sword. He didn't know how to use that. The armor was too heavy. He said, I can't do that. As foolish as it was, he said, I'm going to stick with what I know. I'm going to carry stones and a sling and a shepherd's bag into a military battle. You know the rest of the story. David slings one of those stones. It hits Goliath right in the forehead. He falls down. David used what he learned in the past to accomplish what God wanted to do next. Write this down. Tomorrow's weapon is determined by today's battle tomorrow's weapon is determined by today's battle. In other words, what tools you have available to influence the world tomorrow are determined by what you go through today. Some of the most successful programs we have here at the church are programs that we call grief care and divorce care. Elaine in the back, she puts all of that stuff together for us, but she doesn't do it alone. She has a team full of people that come around her and what they say is I've had experiences in my past that hurt. I went through something that was difficult. I went through something that was challenging, but rather than staying in a place where I regret that I've had to go through that, I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna use it as a weapon to help somebody else that's struggling today. That's how I'm gonna use the experiences that God has given me to equip me for battle tomorrow. Maybe it's not grief, maybe it's not divorce, maybe it's something else that you've been through. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe you've hit rock bottom and, and you've lost everything. Maybe. You struggle with anxiety or depression. Maybe it's an eating disorder. Maybe it's prison. Maybe you've been bullied in the past. Man, whatever it is, God didn't create it, but he will use it if you let him. Your past equipped you to be used powerfully in the future. Your past is not a stain or a blemish. It's time that we stop treating it like one. It's an opportunity to do something mighty and powerful in the name of Jesus Christ to help somebody today. Listen, this next part is my favorite part because it solidifies this very principle for us. This is what it says in verse 51, it says, David ran and stood over him. He's already brought the giant to the ground. It says, he took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. What a beautiful children's story this is. Here's what I love about this, David upgraded his weapon. He leveled up in the midst of battle. All of a sudden that sword wasn't too heavy anymore. All of a sudden he was prepared to do something he couldn't do before because he used the experience of that day to prepare him for the battles that were coming tomorrow. Listen, your battles today will upgrade the resources at your disposal tomorrow if you'll let them. There's one more lesson about the future David's actions opened up and it's, it's found in the rest of David's story. I mean, everything that happens from this point forward but it's highlighted in Psalm 78, 70 through 72. It says this, it says he, meaning God, he chose David, his servant, and he took him from the sheep pens, from tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob, uh, uh, Jacob of Israel, his inheritance, and David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands he led them. See, what this says is that David was faithful as a shepherd and so God trusted him with the battle of a lifetime. David was faithful in that battle, and so God trusted him with a kingdom. You see, if David had surrendered the sheep and run away, he wouldn't have been trusted with the battle against the Philistine. If he had cowered in fear like the rest of the Israelite army, he wouldn't have been entrusted with a kingdom. But because he was faithful every step of the way, God allowed his influence to grow. His influence grew because of how he managed his responsibilities every single day. Write this down. Tomorrow's influence is determined by today's battle. Tomorrow's influence is determined by today's battle. I wanna show you a video of someone that's in our community. His name is Tommy French, and he has spent his entire lifetime building his influence in this community so that God could use him in a powerful way. Watch this video.
0: My name is Tommy French. Um, I live in this community. I was a former commissioner for District 2. I love this community mainly because um, scripture, it was, it was putting me as a child, you know, Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Um, when the disciples asked Jesus, what was the greatest commandment? And he said, Love thy Father with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. And that was the greatest part, to love God. Jesus went on to say, love thy neighbor as thyself. Um, How can you love God, actually, if you have never seen him and you walk with people every day and you don't show no love for them? How can you love your neighbor and you see them failing, education rates, dying, poverty, and God's given you some kind of insight as to how to work with people to to eliminate those problems? I love my community because it's home. We fix up our homes. We clean our homes. We invite people into it. I always live by the scripture Jeremiah 50 and 6. I grew up in the churches and that scripture speaks about shepherds and shepherds cause a sheep to go astray. It also goes on to say that they went away from the mountain and moved down to the hill. In other words, they're they're deteriorating, they're they're lower. They've forgotten their resting place which is in the comfort of God. So if you live by that, you, you make your model as a leader to um, understand that you don't make mistakes because you can't lead people unless those people involved to where you wanna lead. So my leadership style has always been, go to the community, ask them what their needs, so it's not selfish, it's my needs. Find out what they actually need and let them lead with you. We lead together. I would always say start with the person in the mirror. Too many times you get people come up to you, especially and when you're in a leadership position, what are you gonna do about it? What are y'all gonna do about this? Turn that around and say, What can I do? Put yourself first, um, turn it around and say, What can we do? And then trust in God for guidance and understanding and have faith. Maybe some setbacks, but continue to have faith, everything will be all right.
1: Listen, I love Tommy's story because Tommy has never seen a problem he's not willing to tackle. Every time he sees something that's not right, every time he sees something that needs to be fixed, he doesn't look at somebody else and say, that's your problem, what are you gonna do about it? He says, what has God given me the ability to accomplish and do? He says, I'm gonna own this. And every time he's owned a problem throughout his entire life, God has given him more influence, more responsibility, more opportunities to make a difference in this world, to make this world a better place. Listen, here's what I want you to take away from that. Our faithfulness today expands our influence tomorrow. Listen, whatever we have today to do, whatever God has put in our path, whatever is on our plate, the way we respond to that, the way we handle that is gonna increase the number of opportunities that we have to make a difference in the world tomorrow. We prepare ourselves for tomorrow by what we do today. Listen, we all have dreams We all have things that we want to accomplish. We all have things that God wants to accomplish through us. But listen, we can't have tomorrow's title without today's trial. We can't have tomorrow's outcome without today's challenge. We can't have tomorrow's success without today's accomplishment. What we do today determines what we get to experience tomorrow. If we'll be faithful, if we'll surrender to God, if we'll trust him to lead and guide us, oh man, it's going to open up doors for what God wants to do next. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you do trust us with responsibility. You trust us to get things done, but God, we know that we're not trusted because our own giftedness and our own strength and our own willpower, we're trusted because you're gonna be right there beside us and you're gonna lead us and guide us and you're gonna make incredible things happen. God, I pray that each and every one of us, no matter what we're facing in life today, God, that we would turn it over to you and say, God, I want this circumstance to be an opportunity you have to move in and through me. I want this circumstance to be something that you do something with. We may not see our way out of it, but God, we trust that you will deliver us and bring us to a place where even the worst circumstances we face can open the doors for things to happen in the future. We love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at infonorthridge.online. At